0: Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Ego Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we are covering the third Call of Duty League major. It's in the books. The Toronto uh, major is over and the Seattle Surge have won their first title in the CDL's history. Uh, How? let's we're gonna get into it uh we're gonna go bit by bit because you've been a big believer of the seattle surge and their process this year but this comes as a surprise uh nonetheless but before we get to do any of that how are you doing bank
1: yeah i'm doing well um there's a super entertaining event um as you kind of hinted at there uh i i have been a bit of a believer in seattle but even i don't think i was uh thinking they were pulling this one off so we, we can get into that but uh yeah certainly a uh, entertaining weekend i call of duty
0: certainly uh seattle actually kicked off the event they played the first match of the of the tournament they played the new york subliners in the uh winner's bracket and they ended up winning three two um I don't think that came as big of a surprise to us because I don't think either one of one of us are big New York Subliners believers. Uh, even after a good Pro Am Classic win and uh, you know a little bit of potential being shown in the last set of qualifying matches, uh, but Seattle they take this three two um, and move on to the the second round of the tournament and they. They did not have an easy path. I think the first two rounds, to be expected sometimes, are um, quote-unquote easy. But Optic lost to the Florida Mutineers in round one, which I think would have been the you know, the obvious choice for uh, if the Seattle Surge were able to beat New York, you would think, OK, they're probably going to play Optic in the second round, considering Optic played Florida in the first round. But Optic playing with Prolu again uh, in place of Illy, they drop and Seattle uh, end up having to play Florida, which uh, they, they end up beating Florida. Um, do you think this would have changed at all. Uh, the, the result for Seattle had they played optic in the second round instead of Florida.
1: Um, I mean, it's hard to say because like Florida did beat optic and mm-hmm. we've seen, it's, it's not like this was a one-time thing either. We saw, um, I believe Florida eliminated optic for major two. I, so. I know they beat them at major two, but I'm pretty sure it was an elimination match. um, regardless, so we've seen Florida beat Optic before with Illy, now without Illy, um, so you could say, like, maybe on paper, the Optic matchup for Seattle is a little tougher. I think they've probably matched up a couple times this year, just off the top of my head, and I don't know if Seattle has actually beaten them, um, but regardless, I mean, a, a trend, something that I might bring up a couple times throughout this show is it's, it, it's really Vanguard, Um, you know, Call of Duty throughout its entire, you know, competitive history has, people have said it's like a day-to-day game. Um, And I think Vanguard, just the nature of the game itself lends to that more, possibly more than um, even some previous Call of Duty games. So, um, you know, if, if Seattle comes out firing and they, they're, you know, playing top of their game um on that given day i i don't know if it really matters what team they're playing against because as as we see eventually later in this tournament they beat um the most consistent team throughout this year so far in atlanta phase and they beat them twice. so um yeah i i guess that's a roundabout way of (laughs) answering uh your question but i i don't know for sure if, you know, the Optic matchup would change anything.
0: To illustrate your point about how Vanguard is going to Vanguard and things can be very different uh, based off of just a few weeks. Uh, so Optic and Seattle have met three times this season. Uh, once at, at Major 1, Seattle lost 3-0 to Optic. Then they played uh, in the qualifying matches of Major 2, uh, Optic 1-3-1 online. So, you know, you can take that as you will. Then they played again in Major 2, and Seattle beat Optic 3-0. So they met twice on LAN, and they've swept each other uh, once. Um, and they haven't met since, so it's, it's kind of hard to... Uh, you know, determine which of these teams is better. But you know, one thing that we've seen consistently through this season is that Atlanta Faze, for the most part, has been uh, one of the best teams in the entire league. But they've struggled primarily with two teams in particular: the Seattle Surge and Optic Texas. And I actually I looked this up after the tournament. Uh, Atlanta has lost nine matches this season. Seven have come against Seattle or Optic. And and if you include the kickoff in the pro m classics, that's actually nine. Uh, uh, they have eleven total losses, and nine are to Seattle and Optic. I just thought it was interesting. I don't know what the what the reason for that is. I could see it with Optic. Optic is a a really talented roster and probably have the most talent on, uh, in the league, maybe with Atlanta. But you know, I could I, I see why Optic would be a very big obstacle for Atlanta. I don't know why Seattle is such an obstacle for Atlanta. Like if you look at it on paper, Atlanta has a much more talented roster. Um, they have a lot more chemistry, obviously, because they've been together. Uh, this is going to be two complete years with this roster. And most of this roster was uh, was part of that uh, inaugural CDL season. So I, I don't really know what it is. I mean, is, is it really? Uh, what is it? Nicky D (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say it but I wanted you to get it in (laughs) I mean maybe maybe just his presence his aura on the stage Atlanta gets all clammy and they can't do their jobs but uh yeah I mean it would make sense like like nothing else makes sense to me at least why Seattle would have Atlanta's number in particular when they've been middle of the road for most of the season
1: uh, um, yeah, I he I D jokes aside, there, there really shouldn't be a um, logical reason. I mean, one thing we could point out is Sib was a sub for Atlanta. I, I don't think there's any like, you know, I, 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 just because of the nature of Atlanta not necessarily needing subs, um, I, I don't think he would have been too close to the system or anything like that. Um, I guess that's just worth pointing out. But, you know, as, as we say just talent as talented as Faze is, like the, the the young guys there on seattle are super talented as well um i i don't think i would have to really think about if we were just doing like a quote unquote talent power rankings for these teams i don't know how far apart i would have atlanta phase but you know just sib and pred like so they were so hyped up coming into this year um, mac Played probably didn't play as well in Cold War. He had his moments for sure, but he, you know, he really stood out in Modern Warfare. Um, and then just accuracy is that you know steady veteran IGL trying to you know direct the troops. Um. So yeah, I really don't like. I I don't think that like you certainly in my opinion you can't say Seattle is more talented than phase um, but. Whatever the reason might be, just, you know, on that day of Vanguard, you can say they were the better team. But, you know, as as you pointed out with the stats, there, there have been several days where Seattle um, has been the better team than Atlanta. So it's certainly interesting.
0: Yeah, and, and the reason I bring up Atlanta is because Seattle, uh, they beat Florida, and then they move on, and they play FaZe in the winner's bracket finals. So FaZe's uh, run up to the winner's bracket final was a 3-1 win over Toronto, not very surprising. Uh, a 3-0 over LA Thieves, not surprising that they would 3-0 Thieves, but it was surprising that Thieves were there, considering uh, LAT ended up upsetting Minnesota, who had... Uh, previously went unbeaten with this roster uh, in qualifying matches. So the Thieves, they eke out a Game 5 victory against Minnesota. They advance to Winners' bracket around two. FaZe sweeps them. And then they get to the Winners' Finals, Seattle versus FaZe. Uh, and Seattle comes away with a 3-2 victory. I, I I just looked up the stats while you were talking because I wanted to see if there was a disparity between game modes. Maybe Seattle was... Uh, doing very well in control uh, as they have been recently, or maybe they had taken uh, more hard points and I I didn't know what it was. There isn't really anything. Okay. So they've, they faced off four times. I'm not including the pro-am or the kickoff classic because they don't count toward the points. So they, they faced off four times in the regular season. Seattle was three and one in those series. But they're only thirteen and ten in the maps, so they have a fifty-six percent or fifty-seven percent win percentage. And three of these series have went to game five, and then obviously that fourth series was an, uh, a nine-game series or a best of nine that went eight games. So I don't like. Is it? Could it be possible that like phase? if i I think it's possible that phase in Seattle if they meet again or if they meet in uh, at champs or something that there's a very real possibility that phase could beat them like two or three times because we're literally getting down to game fives and we we've talked about how inconsistent Vanguard could be maybe maybe phase is kind of getting unlucky a little bit like it, it you know you can't get it's not all luck, but I think it might play a little bit of a factor because of how close these series have been. Uh, And I don't see like a, a real, I don't know. Like I I don't see anything that pops off the page about like why phase would be struggling with Seattle in particular.
1: Well, skipping ahead to that winners finals there. I firmly believe Atlanta should have won that series.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it I don't really want to say they choked, but they kind of did. It was more Seattle just super clutched up. Um in particular, you know, Atlanta wins the Bokage hardpoint 250 to 203. They win Berlin search six five. I think city has got an ace in round eleven. I could that could be a different match I'm thinking of, but I think that's um that one in particular. So they were up two oh in the series, then the control goes two two to overtime. Seattle is on offense on Tuscan and they just like omega clutched up like if i'm remembering correctly they were th- it was down to the lives um they only had four or five lives left and they got like three down on phase and they all just hopped on the point to speed cap it and they won Um, So that's Atlanta gained some momentum, or sorry, Seattle gained some momentum there. Then it it goes to Tuscan Hardpoint game four in the series, and it's 250 to 245 for another comeback. I don't remember the exact number or points for the comeback, but it was another game where Atlanta were ahead. Um, I remember, now that I'm thinking about it, it was like, I think Bays had 239 to like 200 or something like that. And it was on P5 on Tuscan in that like little side building over by... B, S, and D, and, like, um, I'm pretty sure Crone tweeted it, like, that Sib threw, like, a cross-map nade to get the guy who was on scrap time out of there, and from that point on, like, Seattle was just able to get, you know, win their gunfights and stay in the P1 hill um, on Tuscan to get another comeback, and then from there, it it pretty much, like, after two impressive comebacks um, back-to-back like that would you know, or a reverse sweep on the line, you basically have all momentum and they were able to close out in the game five search on Desert Siege. Um, So that was definitely a a very entertaining series, but it was one that I think was definitely winnable for Atlanta. It was just really good job by Seattle to clutch up, especially with um, a spot in the finals on the line there.
0: And then they do get the grand finals. So Seattle, because they beat Phase, they move on to the grand finals. Phase drops down to the losers bracket, uh, and they have to beat Toronto. Who makes a, an incredible run through the losers bracket with their home crowd? Uh, so they lost that opening match against Faze in the winners bracket round one, and then they go down the losers bracket. They beat Paris, they beat Minnesota, they sweep the Rocker. So the Rocker end up going one and two at the major after going five and zero in these qualifying matches. Toronto then sweeps Florida, and then they beat LAT to get to uh, winners or the losers bracket finals, excuse me, to face phase again. Um, Unfortunately, they aren't able to, uh, you know, kind of repeat what, the uh, gorillas did at the second major and make it to the grand finals uh, all the way from the beginning of the losers bracket. Uh, they fall short, lose game five. Uh, the crowd there was uh, insane. They were all over Toronto. They were trying to uh, will their guys to victory, and it was a it was a really sad thing to see. Uh, you know, Bance and Cami. They're all just like super sad because. They were very, very close to have uh, pull off this upset and get to the grand finals in front of their home crowd. Um, But uh, an incredible run from them. But Faze, they lock in uh, a spot in the grand finals and they get to their third consecutive majors grand finals. Um, The first one, they lost to Optics. Second one, lost to the Gorillas. Third one, they lose to the Seattle Surge. Um, And this one went eight games, so a, a, a pretty close series. Uh, regardless but um i i, I just want to point out like seattle they they just ha- they have i don't know what it is like they just have it maybe it's accuracy's ice just rubbing off on everybody but uh they have a, a pretty close bokage hard point to start off the series they rent they won, won a round 11 bokage snd and then they win uh, uh they dominate control three zero. Uh, to go up three, three, nothing phase kind of storms back. They get two of their own and then a Berlin control round five and Seattle clutches up again. Uh, and, you know, they're able to close it out in game eight after losing search. But, um, you know, I, I just, I can't get over the fact that in my brain, FaZe is the best or second best team in the world. And Seattle is not the best or second best team in the world. That's in my brain because I've been so used to just like, all right, FaZe is going to win or they're going to lose to Optic or they're going to lose to Toronto or something like that. Now that Seattle, they've shown that they're not infallible, like they're not, completely dominant in any single game mode right now but they're able to win every single game mode when needed. Like in this series, they they literally won all three game modes consecutively and then lost hard point and search and then just won control, lost search again and they're like all right, we'll finish it out on a hard point. I think that's amazing. Um what do you see as like the ceiling for this team because you know like they're not they're not bad in any game mode so they have a chance i believe in every series now even with optic or phase um what do you think is the ceiling for seattle do you think they could be a championship contender at the end of the year uh you know in the playoffs and into champs
1: i mean you have to give them credit as as the most recent major champion to say that their ceiling is they have the potential to win major four and champs Um, but it's certainly worth mentioning that kind of like you said, and we talked about consistency earlier that now Atlanta has placed second in all three majors and all three, although they've had second came in second at those two majors, the eventual winner of each major is different. So that means they faced a different opponent in all three of the grand finals. Mm -hmm. Um, and just the other placings seem to be all over the place. Like one thing I know, not putting too much stock into the Pro-Am Classic, but um, Seattle in particular struggled at the Pro-Am Classic. They they went 0-3 uh, in group stage and they lost to like Silly's team in, yeah. in group play there, at the Pro-Am Classic. And then they turn around and they're winning a major here, right? Um, and then on, on the other side of that too, you got New York winning that Pro-Am Classic with their new roster and then they get last place at this tournament. So. Um, sorry, that just, um, speaks to, you know, Vanguard again, Vanguard's gonna Vanguard, but regardless of Phase not having the ultimate result that they want, just three second places is, is pretty impressive, especially when you compare it to some of these other teams that have one event and then also have last place finishes or, um, you know, just, just have a disparity there in their finishes. Um, but yeah for uh the the ceiling question that's i I think it is worth you know you- you gotta give Seattle credit there and say they have the potential to win these events, but um under that same logic, so does the gorillas and optic when optic's healthy and um yeah i I think that's just you know gonna come down to who's playing the best version of vanguard that they can at that certain moment of the tournament um I will also say, just I don't know, because we were kind of talking about the grand finals. I don't know if we're going to go into more detail about it, but um, for me, I, I was super surprised watching the grand finals that um, Seattle was able to jump out to a 3 0 lead in the series, especially the map one uh, was Bokich Hardpoint, which was a map that Atlanta had won earlier in the day against Seattle in their first winner's bracket showdown. So I was pretty surprised by that. Um, but then you know Atlanta being the team that they are, that they, they started. It, it really looked like they were starting to um, rattle off a couple maps there, and then they actually win. Um, they win the map four, Berlin Hardpoint, but they take Desert Siege Search and Destroy six three, which is the Search and Destroy that they lost to Seattle earlier in the day in the game five. Um, so I see that, and in my head I'm like, okay, here we go. Ah, uh, this is, you know, Atlanta could easily rattle off five maps here and, you know, just take this thing and they go up to uh in the Berlin control and that was the turning point for me where um Atlanta ends up losing that map 3-2 after having a 2-0 lead and after winning two maps prior to uh that Ber- Berlin control. If they, if they are able to close out that Berlin control, it's a 3-3 series heading into a Tuscan search which they end up taking they still have momentum um it it could have been a different story but that that was really the turning point for me in that grand finals
0: yeah and Atlanta not only did they beat Seattle on Bokic hard point uh, earlier in the day but Bokich is arguably their best hard point map Uh, so they're even with that loss, they're 12 and four on Bokage hard point this season. They're also a really good. Good to hard point team. Uh, so, I mean, like they're a pretty good hard point team in general. That's kind of how it works, but uh, I think that's, that's really impressive. Um, I mean, I, I guess Bokage is also Seattle's best hard point team, but overall they have a losing record in hard point this season because they're, like they're literally 0 and 7 on Gavutu, so it's not surprising that they ended up not playing Gavutu in this uh this best of nine series. That was the basically one map they were like, yeah, we probably don't want to play them on because that's like an instant loss for us. Um I, I, I think Seattle, like they maybe maybe the reason why they're able to beat FaZe is that they match up well. Like Atlanta strengths are also kind of Seattle strengths and in vice versa, obviously um, you know, the things that Atlanta might not be great at, like they're not a great search team this year. They're about a 50, 50 team in search. Um, and Seattle is is uh, a little bit better in search. Uh, not they're not like world beaters or anything, but they're serviceable enough. They're gonna get the job done and uh, you know whether it's kind of a myth or it's overblown or a meme or something, accuracy seems to find a way to win searches. Like his teams don't typically choke, these very close like round 11 search games and I think you have to take that and say like all right maybe it is something maybe his presence or just his leadership has been able to guide these guys um you know to to these wins because they've had they had multiple you know round 11s in this tournament and I I don't know what the record is, but they, they seem to win pretty much all of them, which is how you win championships. If, if it gets down to that, that's how you're, you're going to be able to take championships and win matches that people don't give you credit for or think you can. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm just super impressed by Seattle. I'm still kind of stunned that we saw a team that before this tournament, they had not even like the. Uh, you know, and this is including previous iterations, but they had never finished above third place at a CDL event. And that's home series events when there were only eight teams there. Um, that's, you know, uh, we, we've had several lands since then, uh, and they didn't even qualify for champs last year. Uh, of course, this is a completely different roster, completely different uh, coaching staff. Everything is different. But I think that speaks to how great of a job that the Surge have done in rebuilding their franchise after being one of, if not the worst team in the CDL for the past two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, slightly joking here, but it is worth noting that two franchises that have been at the bottom in both previous seasons of the CDL, the LA Gorillas and Seattle Surge, have now won a championship in Vanguard. Yeah. Um, So, by that logic, you know, might want to put your money on Paris Legion to take Major 4.
0: Or the Vegas Um, Legion to win Champs 2023.
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, kidding aside, I think, you know, we've talked about Seattle at length on this podcast in past, um, past episodes and stuff in regard to, like, their roster construction and all that. And obviously, uh, like you said, totally different, you know, uh frame like set up new new gm new coach at new everything for them this year so um regardless of this result i feel like they just obviously you know they're happy they won Mm -hmm. um but i i gotta believe and without talking to them i could be wrong here but i gotta believe like building this team i mean i know there was preseason hype and stuff for them like even before yeah. the year started like a lot of people were excited about what they could do and uh scrims and all that but uh, like building a young team like this and during the season i don't know if they like had a win now mentality i i in my eyes viewing at the roster it was more of like that they're signing these rookies and, and seeing what they have, and obviously, they're super talented rookies. Um, Pred winning MVP, and you know, Sib has been in rookie of the year conversations now. Obviously, you know, with Pred having an MVP over him, it's going to be kind of tough for him to uh eclipse him in that rookie standings in my eyes, but um, yeah, if I it's weird because, you know, this, there's there's not, like, draft picks on the line as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So it, it's weird to say that these teams aren't in, like, a win-now mentality. But, like, as close to, like, I don't know. It It's, it's tough.
0: I get what you're saying, um, though, because Seattle was so bad the last two years yeah. that any improvement or, like a little bit of competition getting into the middle of the the standings table which they they've been basically in the middle of the pack for pretty much the entire season uh it may be a little bit lower depending on how they're doing but i think just like being able to win matches and i mean this is the best possible outcome for them is to like win titles Uh, you know the best possible outcome would be win champs or something but like i i i have to agree with you that it it's a great result for them, but they would have taken probably lesser results and just like progress toward you know improving maybe like building a culture that is like able to win matches and to and to be good. Uh, I I think the, you know the, the same with the gorillas like having that title, having something that you can actually look at, you can hold, you can put in your trophy case and be like, all right, like we we see that there is proof that. Something that we're doing is working, and whether or not like it'll continue to work is you know dependent on you know what we do from here on out. But I think that Seattle and LAG, those teams deserve a lot of credit for even putting their rosters in a position where they could win championships. Uh, And and Seattle is you know like they they have a very real chance to win the CDL championship if they're able to just like maintain what they've been doing this past month or so.
1: Uh, that That's the big thing is it, it's going to be about if they're able to hit that level of consistency. Like this is, you, you mentioned the ceiling, like this is obviously as high as it can go at this current moment. And, you know, I would have to look at the exact stats here before I say it. Um, But just, just looking at the grand finals, KDs in general, they had, Pred with a 1.24, and Sib with a 1.11. Both were the the highest in the grand final. Celium was third with a 1.08. Um, Like, that's what you want from your your young duo there, and Sib and Pred, if you're Seattle. But now it comes down to if and how are they going to be able to continually... Like, getting a 1.2-plus from Pred is on a consistent basis in a grand finals is probably asking a lot, but Mm -hmm. like how comparatively or relatively close to that, the the main idea I'm thinking about right now is, is if Seattle is going to try to continue to compete throughout the rest of the year for more championships, it's going to come down to if, if and how close um, that duo can get to consistently performing at just, you know, an above expectate above expectations is not what I meant to say, but whatever it works.
0: Consistency consistency has been the biggest thing for Seattle because they started off the season, like you mentioned, uh, they had a lot of hype. People had pretty high expectations compared to, you know, what experience they have because Pred, uh, you know, APAC guy, you don't really know how he'll play uh, compared to the CDL players. Sib had been a, a substitute, uh, but had mostly been in challengers. And then accuracy and Mac were, uh, you know, coming off of. Uh, difficult years where Mac was kind of on the edge of getting benched a few times by New York. Accuracy was benched by Minnesota. So, you know, the idea of this roster was a a little weird, but they started off really, uh, really well. They won three of their, uh, they won their three first, first three, Jesus, first three CDL matches this season. And then they lost 10 of their next 13, and and since then they've won eight consecutive matches and have a major title. So I, I think we saw it with LAG. LAG had a really hot run and they won the major and now they kind of stink again. I don't know if that's the same with Seattle. I I believe a little bit more in Seattle because I saw, you know, more potential from them earlier in the season when they were losing a bunch of matches than I did with LAG. But I I think consistency is the main thing, you know, they're not going to keep winning every single match. Like that's probably not going to happen, but if they can, you know, win 60, 70% of their matches, I think they're in a very good spot. And with this win, they're very high in the standings now. So their spot, like they're not really, uh, in, as much danger of missing champs as they could have been had they uh, performed poorly at the major.
1: And that's the big thing. I think this obviously like um, end of the day, you you want to make sure you're competing at champs because champs is champs. It's the most important tournament, uh, yada, yada. But, you know, especially in a game like Vanguard, which we've kind of already talked about a couple times, it seems like anything can really happen here um you want to do whatever it takes to give yourself a chance to have that opportunity uh to win the big one at the end of the year especially and this year more so than others i feel like just because of i, I don't want to say the fluky nature but just we'll just say the nature of vanguard and um how it seemingly feels like a lot of you know stuff is up in the air in terms of uh, who's able to win on what day and all that. So um, that that is super important. They're now in third place. Uh, Seattle is in terms of CDL points. So um, eighth place right now is 120. They have 175. So it would take, you know, th- they have a decent cushion. Um, I, I don't, I think they announced during the broadcast that FaZe has qualified. Yes, they have. Uh, for champs, and they're the only ones. So, mm-hmm. like, obviously the The other seven spots for champs are still up in the air, technically. Um, but like you said, Seattle put themselves in a good position with this win for the biggest one of the year, which is something you know we we didn't even see from them last year. They they it really started at Major Five last year, right? With um the the Nikki D series, they're eliminating Atlanta. Yep. Um, that that was basically their champs because after they they I think it was Optic, they lost to an Optic Chicago. Um, The match after that, they were eliminated, and their season was over. So um, as of now, it seems like we we could have Seattle at champs.
0: Let's go through the standings real quick and talk about each of of the teams that we really want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about FaZe because uh, I I don't know if you saw it, but um, the drama of a BZ— supposedly not being a good practice player um, the uh, this was Tupac their uh, S D coach's girlfriend said that quote abeezy doesn't want to practice doesn't show up to aids doesn't try and is trying to become a worse version of dashi so dashi he's he's getting a, a little bit of the crossfire here but um i i mean i memed it quite a bit this weekend because phase you know, made another uh, major grand finals a BZ at certain points did very well. And I think he went six and one in one of the searches and people were on the timeline, just going at it. Um, But I want to know what you think about um, this phase roster. And I don't, I don't really know what you could say about this specific uh, thing, but like, do you think that this will cause a problem in the phase roster or with two, Tup- uh, with Tupac. If like, I, I personally don't have a problem with like coaches venting to their significant others. Like that's, that's kind of just natural that people go home from work and they start complaining about stuff that happened at work. But what do you think about a, a-, a coach's girlfriend going on her, her live stream and telling the world a BZ, not a good practice player.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that situation was kind of funny, um, but I will say, I feel like that's just been something, um, what I mean here is just the uh, the notion that Abisi doesn't necessarily enjoy Vanguard as previous titles. I feel like we haven't heard it, one, we haven't heard it officially from him. Um, and, but even before this clip, I feel like it was just something that was talked about in the community beforehand. So I don't really know where that started, but I know I, I've heard it and seen it before, um, this clip even surfaced. And then this clip surfaces and that's like the real first official time we're hearing something about it in my, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of like it's no secret that vanguard just isn't like a Good. great game in the eyes of many people yeah so like i i wouldn't blame him necessarily if he's not enjoying the game i don't think it should affect his practice he's still a professional player at the end of the day um you know and obviously we don't know the ins and outs of the situation and all that so i'm not saying it's affecting his practice but like um if he doesn't enjoy the game, like it, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if he's not putting in that extra effort in like eights and ranked play and stuff. Um I haven't looked at the ranked play of the leaderboard in a while now because I'm still um not working in my room, but um you know, back when Absie was first really coming up in World War II, there was like I, I'm pretty sure he had like two plus accounts in like the top ten of the World War II Ranked Play leaderboard. And I would be very surprised if that was the case in Vanguard, just based on what we've heard, um, and what seems to be just a game that he doesn't enjoy as much. Um, So that's just an example in my eyes of something that, you know, could possibly be true from this situation. But I think at the end of the day, like, it, it was, obviously for the sake of phase, it was slightly unfortunate that Katie Bedford decided to uh stay that on stream, and it could cause some internal drama, but these guys are all like super close, and I think even like they've been working with Tupac now for over a year, and i th- I think they respect his um search and destroy knowledge just just based on how much he's been able to help them in that mode since he's joined um where I don't think this is gonna be something crucial, but you know um. At end of the day, I guess it could be a topic, but at the same time, even with this "quote unquote" lack of practice or lack of passion, however you want to put it, like, Faze still has three second place finishes in three tournaments. So, take that for what you will, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I, like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, so it's it's hard to really uh, say. Uh, it's it is clear that a BZ hasn't been statistically as good this year as he was last year, but Atlanta is not as good this year as they were last year. So I think those two things kind of feed off of each other. And I don't know how much can be separated from like a BZ's performance is causing, you know, phase to underperform and underperform, you know, relative to what they're expecting because I mean, no other team has made, even two major grand finals um, and they've made all three despite not winning them. So I, I don't know how much can actually be taken away from that. Uh, but I, I was stunned to see that she would say that um, not that, you know, Tupac would say it, but that it would be said publicly because that just seems to be uh, not a great move for anyone. Uh, And and Simp in the post-match press conference, so this was like a day later, he said, unless you're involved, you don't really know what's going on, so people should keep their mouth shut. And I thought that was a... I mean, it could go both ways. It could be aimed at Katie Bedford. It also could be aimed at fans trying to think that they know more than they do. Um, But uh, I don't know. I... I'm interested to see how this story progresses if it does. Um, And maybe this will kind of, if it's true, or maybe if it's not, it'll light a fire under a BZ and phase that they'll be like, all right, screw it. Like, you know, you don't think we practice hard enough. You don't think we're good enough. We're going to, we're going to show you kind of stuff. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's how it'll be, but uh, I'm very interested to see where this goes. Um, but Faye is still, regardless if Ibiza's practicing or not, they're really, really good. They're first place in the league. Like you said, uh, they're the only team so far to have qualified for the playoffs. Um, they're th- 35 points ahead of Optic, who are in second place. And Optic, they had a disappointing result at the major, considering how uh, you know, they they came in with a four and one record in these last qualifying matches with Pro Lute, uh, who's been standing in for Ily uh for the past month or so um they they end up uh getting 20 points uh from this major uh which isn't you know anything to scoff at obviously that's more than like Paris has this entire season uh but like i think it's the same exact amount uh, i don't want to be incorrect here but um yeah optic they they expect to do well like this is not a surprise to anyone, and they got top six here. They they tied with Florida for fifth six. Um, what did you think of Optic? Uh, I know that the circumstances aren't great because they're playing with the substitute, but did you expect more from them uh, going into this major?
1: I mean, it, it's tough, right? Like you said, with the circumstances, um, and in heading into that first round matchup, I I expected Optic to still beat florida but you know thinking about it again we we, like we already mentioned earlier in the show we have seen florida beat um optic with illy so i'm not necessarily super surprised that florida was able to come away with this victory um, then you see them drop down to the losers bracket and they beat the gorillas and London, uh, both 3-0. If they had lost one of those matches or if they weren't like convincing 3-0s, maybe that would have been like a slight red flag or something. Um, but you know, they, they beat those teams that they're supposed to beat. I mean, I guess you could say like optic fans expecting to beat every team. So that's kind of a, not great phrasing on my part, but, um, hopefully you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and. Then they come up against the Thieves and in our uh patented HBR classic. Um and the Thieves are just able to take that one. Um the we, we can talk about the Thieves more. They're just kinda one of those teams where it's you know Again, similar to Vanguard, you really don't know what you're going to get from them on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, see him earlier in the tournament take down the Rocker, who were you know the top seed heading into this event, um, and then they end up just getting absolutely smoked by Phase and the <laughs> Winners Bracket. I think there was a super quick series, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean. And overall I, I guess you know any tournament where optic isn't in the finals is gonna be a disappointment in the green Walls eyes, but they still are playing with a sub i think this kind there there it isn't it is worth mentioning that there were people saying um due to the their success in the online qualifiers like that they should you know keep prolude in the lineup even when Illy comes back. I think the performance at this major kinda if there was any doubt to Illy coming back when he's ready, I think this kind of solidifies it. Like they they didn't win the tournament with Prolute. I think that's probably the only way we see Prolute sticking in the lineup with Illy coming back. And even then it might've been up in the air still probably. Um, I think that's the the big picture here for Optic is, um, you know, still second place in the CDL point standings uh, in a good position to qualify for champs. And they just want to, you know, Not saying I I am assuming they want to get Illy back fully healthy as soon as possible so they can um, prepare for major four with him in a best case scenario and in worst case scenario, they just want him fully healthy for champs.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what Optic uh, does. If he's not back and he, he returns after Major 4, maybe he's not ready until after then. Because then, I believe New York had a similar issue last year where Clayser took his leave of absence. He missed, you know, basically the final uh, part of the season, the final Major. Uh, they played with, uh, I believe, two substitutes for that event, maybe just one. Um, I know that Decimate was there, but I, my, my exact details are... Uh, are not, are a little bit hazy, but I remember that he missed the last part of the season and then he came back for champs. And it was, we had this conversation about whether like how the chemistry of that team would be affected, you know, practicing several weeks without Clayster and then, okay, he's back now. We're going to play with him. Uh, I don't know if that's the same thing with optic. Obviously uh, the chemistry that uh, Italy, I think has built up with, uh, this group of players um, you know they won the first major they've been one of the best teams in the league uh, I think that he deserves a chance to come back and play especially if he's ready um, you know I, we don't really know if he is but uh, I think that regardless Perlute, um they you know he played pretty well all things considered it's a it's a tough uh, position to uh, come in and um, But I think they played well. Like, they lose to LAT, but they lost to LAT with Illy. So it's not the the end of the world. Um, And Florida has been up and down all season. I I think I might even said uh, before this event, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida beats Optic because I wasn't picking Florida for that series. Because, like, that's what Florida does. Like, they're... I I think it's the way their roster is constructed that, um, you know, they're just it's it's all over the place and there's really no way to uh you know consistently predict how they're going to do um but yeah i I think that optic has a very good chance to win the championship just like phase especially if illy comes back i think that it's kind of hard not to put them like in the top two at that point of like the contenders for the championship yep um Let's talk a a little bit about LAT because you mentioned them. They are currently in 8th place. So they're 10 points ahead of Minnesota and Florida who are tied for ninth place. This was actually kind of a big event for them because they they finished with uh, 30 points at the major, which was the highest that they've had this season uh, because uh, um, they got 20 points in the first major uh, and 10 points in the second major. Uh, This actually... um, you know, they, they had a little bit of a run. Uh, they, they beat Minnesota, which was a, a huge surprise considering Minnesota's coming in, uh, with an undefeated record, uh, the only undefeated team in the last qualifying matches. Uh, we, we talked about how they got smoked by a phase, which, um, not terribly surprising. They beat optic in the HBR classic, and then they, uh, lose to Toronto, uh, who were on that, uh, incredible losers bracket run. Um, I mean, this is just how LAT is. They're kind of like Florida. Uh, they have the potential, or they've shown that they might have the potential to be something greater, but uh, every time that people expect them something out of them, they turn out to be the team that they have been for the past you know, two or three months. Even with this roster, or the, the role uh, swap, excuse me, um, it doesn't seem like there's a, a huge difference between LAT of old and LAT of new. I think that they're... A middle of the road team, which is incredibly disappointing considering how talented that roster is. Like if you look at it on paper, they should be higher than they are. But I think they're just a a, a, maybe a six, seven, and I think an eight seed is very uh, like. It's very fitting for them at the moment. Um, maybe currently they might be better than 8th because Boston, uh, who's ahead of them, has played pretty poorly uh, recently. But um, I can't say that they're much higher than 8th right now.
1: No, I, I agree with that for the most part. Um, I, I would have to sit down and think about uh, rankings for a long time. But yeah, I, I agree with the notion that they're a middle-of-the-pack team right now and really like you know the tournament... Um, bracket and how you were saying it Like it, it just goes to show like You know that they, they win a good series Then they lose one I, I mean you can't really take much from a loss to phase, In my opinion like I expect FaZe yeah. to win the match um, Then they get another Solid win there against Optic Which you know for The, the, their, the position they've been in Like that's a big win um, And they come off and they lose To a hot Toronto team Uh, going on a run there through the loser's bracket, playing at their home event. Um, So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they go 2-2 and in in matches at this tournament, and that just, you know, goes to show, like, you know, middle of the pack team. Like, they they weren't necessarily dominating, but um, it it was important for the points, like you said, um, that they had a placing like this. So it's really going to come down to these major four qualifiers and major four for them. Um, if they, I I don't, in my eyes, I'm not really sure if they're like turning a corner or anything like that, but like, obviously this time they're going to have to do it. If, um, they're, if they don't plan on making a roster change and continue to stick with this lineup heading into, uh, the last chunk of, uh, qualifiers and all that, um, and they're going to have to put up and really, uh, try to prove some people wrong.
0: Yeah, they have a... At least they have an advantage, I guess, going into this final quarter, but uh, it's a very slim margin right now. And uh, if Minnesota, um, if they're able to kind of replicate the success they had in the online matches last time, maybe they win four or five matches. Those are much needed points that could go a long way, even if they don't uh, do particularly well in the final major. Florida, Florida. Who knows what they're going to do Um, in New York and Paris right now. So New York is in 11th place, uh, 50 points back of eighth place. Paris is all but eliminated at this point. Um, They're 100 points back of eighth place. The maximum number of points that Paris could earn in the final quarter of the season is 115. So they have to be pretty much perfect and rely on these you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven teams doing really poorly uh, to to ensure that they could get a spot. Um, considering they've won two total matches this season, I don't have a lot of faith that they'll rattle off like eight consecutive wins. Uh, but I guess it is possible, and they haven't been officially eliminated from playoff contention uh, as of this moment. Um, but yeah, I uh, New York. They're the much more possible scenario for them. They're only uh, fifty points back. That's you know a good winner, or that's a good qualifying match uh, run, and maybe a few wins in the major. Maybe LAT choke. They go home five in qualifying matches again. They don't do well in a major. I, it's it's all possible for New York. Um, it's not that likely uh, with everything that's going on. But um, yeah, this was a very disappointing result for New York because. They won the pro Classic. Unfortunately, no points were tied to that event. So, you know, they got that money, which is uh, obviously an incredible thing. But they weren't able to advance in the standings, which uh, you know leads to the CDL championship or the CDL playoff um, qualification. And uh, I don't know if they could, uh, if they're going to be able to do it. It's going to be a very difficult road for them, considering. So this is their third major in which they have not earned a single point. They have not won a single match at any of the three majors so far.
1: That's wild.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, even Paris has won a match at the major, so it, I don't. I don't know what. Like, what do you think uh, went wrong for New York in uh, in this major? You know, considering how well you know people thought they might do, considering their Pro Am Classic, uh, or yeah, their Pro Am Classic um, win.
1: I really don't have a good answer for that, to be honest. Like that, they, they play Seattle in the first round the winner's bracket right and Mm -hmm. you know seattle ends up winning the whole tournament so like in hindsight that might not be a terrible loss but then they drop down to the loser's bracket and fall to london and i'm looking at this series and like i i really don't even remember it to be honest with you but like that's just one like you you especially with the current state of london just they haven't looked strong recently um i i think most people were expecting new york to take that one so that's the bigger surprise for me
0: yeah, and I, I looked at it, so they're and I'm counting the Pro M Classic and their qualifying their most recent qualifying matches. New York were fifteen and three in hard point. At one point they were the worst hard point team in the entire league. And for them to go uh fifteen uh in three in eighteen hard point maps is uh is honestly incredible. And then the major small sample size, but they went one and three in hard point against London, Seattle. Uh you know, Seattle is a, a decent hard point team london to this point hadn't really showed anything that they were particularly great um they've been slipping down the standings since uh since basically major two they they just haven't been able to find their footing uh with harry in the roster but i, I i'm just like and and obviously subliners they lost all three search and destroys uh at the major as well so you know when, when you're losing all of your maps, I guess you're not going to win many matches uh, but um yeah I don't, I don't know what New York can do uh I don't know what's going on with them, but it is a really bad time to kind of you know lose your mojo and and lose whatever momentum you had uh, coming into the back half of the season
1: I agree. Um, and I will just say real quick too, like obviously you said it's it's not impossible, but it's gonna take um a really strong major four qualifiers and major four like obviously uh you mentioned them not winning at any majors yet, like that just can't happen at major four if they have any hopes of making champs um and that would be you know in, in a larger picture here um New York not making champs would be. Very unexpected, I feel like, just due to the roster they had coming into the season. And just off the top of my head, it would have to be the first champs that Krim 6 doesn't compete in since... Well, it would have to be the first champs that he hasn't competed in because he did compete in Black Ops 2 champs with TP, Aix, and uh, 2 Quick. So... Mm -hmm. It would be since COD XP. I don't know if he competed in that, but I'm pretty sure he was still playing in Halo and when COD XP was there, like before Black Ops Two. Um, so I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure if New York doesn't make champs, this would be the first champs uh, without Krim, which is just kind of weird to think about.
0: Yeah. So he didn't compete at COD XP. Yeah. And he has competed in all the rest. Yep. So, I mean, he's one of if not the greatest Call of Duty player of all time. Uh him not getting a chance at least to I mean I guess he's having a chance right now to qualify, but uh it would suck not to have him there. Same with Clayster. Um, you know, I don't think that Clayster will get picked up by a CDL roster this late in the season. But um, you know, I, I want to see these players be able to have that opportunity to get to um you know a fourth a world title which would just be amazing uh but it you know it's it, there. there's still hope for both of them i guess uh, less probably for clayster but uh you know new york they just have to do their thing and maybe they'll get that hometown boost when they get to the major uh like True. toronto did uh the next the the fourth and final major is in Brooklyn and um you know it'd be cool to see New York be able to defend their home turf uh, but we'll see about that um any other teams that you're itching to talk about uh you know as we wind down in the show
1: i will just just to make sure we go through the standings completely so we mentioned phase first place cdl points 260 optic we talked about uh, they're in second at 225. Um, we've talked a ton about Seattle now, but just uh, to clarify their position, there at 175 in third place in the standings. And just the, this middle chunk of the order is, is just really interesting to me. You have London in fourth at 150, Toronto in fifth at 140, and Boston in sixth at 130. And like that, we, ha- we kind of hinted at it earlier in the show tonight, but it's just... Um, that goes to show how important Toronto's run in the loser's bracket at this event was really. Um, You haven't hit on it too much, but in uh, particular, you know, they, they did end up losing to phase twice at this event, but they lose to them in the first round. Then they go down, uh, they beat Paris, Minnesota, Florida, and the thieves. So they win four matches there uh, to get a nice chunk of CDL points and kind of, you know, boost them up a little bit. They've had, you know, they, they they still have shown flashes of that strong roster we saw last year um, that can contend for titles. But I think this was um, the best they've looked, in my opinion, at least recently. Um, so that was certainly worth mentioning in my eyes. And then uh, the other two teams, just London and Boston, like their positions in... Um, the top of the standings that just goes to show how important the entire season as a whole is like we always get to these points where we're looking at the um like scenarios of teams that are outside of the champs pitcher trying to get in um and that just you know boston and london boston in particular more recently london kind of a little more than just recently um but both of those teams have had struggles and um, they're in a position to still potentially qualify for champs due to having uh, strong performances earlier in the season despite current struggles. So um, just wanted to highlight where they're at right now. And then you have the Gorillas in seventh at 125. Um, That five there could be important at the end because obviously they get the uh, 65 points for winning major two. And that kind of like that obviously is the, the five points is the difference between seventh and eighth right now. um. So that could go a bit a long way in terms of tiebreakers. Like if Gorillas continue to struggle as well and they are able to edge out, like say they're in that, that fifth play or sorry, the eighth place spot. um, I'll just give them 135 for a sake of example. And then uh, the Rocker win two matches or whatever, and they're at 130, and that's how the season just ends right there. Like, then Gorillas are getting that last spot at Champs just based off of um, that five-point difference from winning the Major. So, um, as opposed to, you know, being a team like uh, the Thieves, who have, you know, an even number at 120, they there's the potential for tiebreakers and all those situations, so... Um, That's certainly worth keeping an eye on, in my opinion, as well.
0: Definitely. Uh, If the season were to end today, the four teams that would not make the playoffs are the Minnesota Rocker, Florida Mutineers, New York Subliners, and Paris Legion. Um, Minnesota and Florida have really, really good chances to still make it. They're only 10 points back from LAT, who are in uh, eighth. And like you said, they're 15 points back from LAG. I you know if I'm a LAG fan I am not feeling comfortable even with that five point bump yeah. because they've done like they were really really bad in both the qualifying matches and in the major uh, you know in in the the third round um, that's like at least Minnesota they had a disappointing result at the major but they won five qualifying matches that's fifty points that is. That is a good way to get into uh the top eight. Um, LAT hit hit and miss, but they they've consistently been able to find at least a few wins usually at the major or maybe they even go three and two in the qualifying matches. LAG are in a really tough spot where if they don't show up in these qualifying matches, um it, I mean, it might be the end of their season. And this is when it comes down to uh, instead of last year where teams basically their schedules are based on how they were performing in the CDL at the majors and everything. These these matches that are going into the last uh, set of qualifying matches, the, those schedules are set. So certain teams will have a more difficult time in this last set of qualifying matches than others Uh, i'm looking at uh boston right now boston plays optic and they play lat in their first two uh qualifying matches um in the first week Um, lag they play uh toronto and new york so uh you know could see uh maybe one win there uh i i think we can count out paris but paris has a relatively uh you know, like an easier schedule because they don't have phase on their roster. They do have optic. So that might be the, the one that cuts them out of, um, you know, contention for the playoffs. But these schedules have been there for the entire season. And it's going to be difficult for a lot of these teams to overcome the scheduling uh, of it and that they were going to play a tougher final five matches than some of these other teams that they're, you know, 5, 10, 15 points, uh, you know, there's only that much difference between them. Um, do you have anything else before we get on out of here? Uh, I I think we should mention the uh, Modern Warfare 2 reveal is tomorrow. Uh, so uh, I guess today, whenever you're listening to this, June 8th at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can tune in, uh, I believe, on uh, the YouTube channel for Call of Duty. Um, I I believe that's where they're doing it, but, um, hopefully we'll hear something competitive related or maybe just, um, maybe just something good. I don't know. Like maybe just more and fun maps. Maybe that's what will make me happy. Um, as far as uh, being a competitive fan, uh, what do you expect or what do you want to see from the, the reveal tomorrow?
1: I have absolutely no, hopes and expectations for it. I do not want to get excited and fall into the loop that um, several people have where, you know, they just get super excited about the new Call of Duty coming out and recent products have not led me to be super excited about the new game. So I am going in with an open mind. Um, I'm hoping to be and and somehow just be blown away but not expecting that at all um but <laughs> regardless uh, i am excited to watch their reveal i i don't think we're gonna get too much out of it um but you know whatever they have the show is is better than nothing so i'll take it and you know end of the day i'm still gonna buy the game and play it either way um but i just mm-hmm. hope that we get something positive tomorrow <laughs>
0: Well, Attach said that it was probably the best Call of Duty game of all yeah, time, yeah, yeah. so he would not le- lead us
1: astray. No, absolutely um, not.
0: Uh, prediction scores. Uh, so I didn't have a great weekend, uh, mostly because Florida sucks and they keep screwing me over. But um, you went 11-7. and 7, I went 8-10. and 10. Uh, So you have a three-match advantage this season in predictions. Um, I maybe will need to stop picking Florida to you know, keep up with you. Um, Make sure to subscribe or follow the feed wherever you're listening to your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So pretty much everywhere. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. He's at jbink with two Ks. I'm at Prez Buyers. uh, And the podcast Twitter is at Ego Podcast. The next uh, show, um, tentatively scheduled for June 14th, We'll see. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter. That's when you'll be able to figure it out um, when we're doing it. Uh, We also have a little bit of a break in the CDL schedule. Uh, We have like a two and a half week break until the start of these next set of qualifying matches. Um, I mean, we might take a break next week. We might not. Uh, I, I think I've been getting into more of a groove because it's harder for me when we don't do it for two to three weeks. It's hard for me to get back on and just even talk to somebody for an hour so we might do one next week and maybe we have more of a you know an open style where we're just talking about something else Uh, maybe the modern warfare 2 reveal is great and we have a lot to talk about um or there's roster changes possibly we are we're going down to the the end of the season there's a, a chance that uh, Paris Legion will execute that trade for Scump and Shotzi, and they'll be able to make a turnaround and get to the to the CDL playoffs and never count them out. Uh, I don't think we actually talked about it, though, that Paris is moving to Vegas. So
1: that would have happened. After, yeah, that happened the day after the show last week, right?
0: Yeah. So I guess just mentioned it like, uh, The Paris Legion ownership group, um, they also have the Paris Eternal Overwatch League team. Both of those teams are being relocated to Las Vegas next season. Uh, So in 2023, there will be the Vegas Legion in the Call of Duty League. Um, I don't think that logo really fits with the Vegas theme. Uh, It's very much a French thing. But um yeah, I, I think I think we should have mentioned that probably a little bit earlier, but I I forgot to put in the notes and uh, I just forgot about it until now. But yeah, um Viva Las Vegas, I guess.
1: Yeah, that that's a cool, you know, we can end on that. But um we we've talked about Paris and their approach as an organization and all that at nauseum now, but moving forward, I think um this just opens up more possibilities for you know i i went to uh the vegas event in iw and even though it was iw that was a super cool event just you know being it was my first time in vegas um but you know that's just a cool city for events and stuff like that so um hopefully you know covid and the world opening up all that like having an event in vegas again would be pretty cool um but you know we we've talked about like paris like one thing i myself in particular had talked about like with the paris uh brand was that like i felt if if they're not going to compete uh right right now and and they're going to continue to struggle with results i felt like uh they were in a position where they should have like tapped into that like french uh fan base and tried to grow the brand that way by like signing some French players, but now that's basically out the window. So, um, I know Silly is from Vegas, but I don't think that's like going to play a factor. And uh, I, I, so. I would be, yeah, um, but it, I still think just a move to Vegas opens up some possibilities for. Uh, the organization as well as or you know as long as at the end of the day they're willing to spend the money to try and make some moves and try and make a splash in a new location next year
0: yeah i i dm Temp to see what he thought of it he gave me three fire emojis about the move to vegas so i mean (laughs) i i think he's excited about it uh i i personally feel like this is a great move for the legion even if they suck next year it's a lot better to suck in vegas than it is to paris when you're not even in paris um it would be different if the team was actually located in france but they're not they're in like texas or north carolina or something like. so like i think that it's a, uh, it's a good move to come stateside uh i don't know how often the cdl was going to run events in paris and uh i think it's much more likely that las vegas is a destination for a cdl event than Paris was. So uh, I think an overall good move for the, uh, Paris soon to be Vegas Legion.
1: Agreed. Um, but yeah, that does it for me. Take it away, Mink. Yep. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Also hope you enjoyed the major as much as I did. Uh, certainly, uh, action packed weekend of call of duty. So, um, We do, as Preston mentioned, we do have a little bit of a break. Uh, The qualifying matchups for Major Four don't start until June 24th. Uh, So we will, you know, as long as we have something to talk about, it sounds like we're going to try and do a show next week, but um, that's up in the air right now. So you're just going to have to follow us on Twitter and stay up to date with us. To find out when the next episode will be exactly. Um, but other than that. Thank you guys for tuning in. And always remember to send the chow.